Hello, everybody. My name is Tristan, and you are listening to the Finer Things Podcast. I am joined by the amazing co-host... Rosemary. And today we're doing this over Zoom again. How, how are you today, Tristan? I am doing very well, all things considered. Uh, we are recording this on Easter Sunday, and we have people coming over in about an hour. Uh, so we're trying to be like kind of snappy with this, but mm-hmm. I am very excited to be here. How are you doing, Rosemary? I'm also doing pretty good. I don't celebrate Easter, so I don't also have anyone coming over. But I I mean, today's kind of gloomy here in Nebraska, honestly. It's supposed to be snowing or sleeting, and it's also it's like mid-April, so great spring weather. Yeah, no, so not not amazing. Not amazing where you're at, but you know, is it pretty at least? Is no. it, like, kind of all right? No? Okay. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> it's just one of those days where, like, you just don't see the sunlight at all. It's kind of sad. It's fine. I think yeah. it'll just be a chill <laughs> Sunday. So we're going to record this really quickly and then, you know, sort of edit and then hopefully get this to you all pretty soon. Absolutely. Yeah, and it might take a little bit longer to edit because I am taking my MCAT in 12 days. So that is exciting. Actually, 11, if you count, like, the day that I actually take it. So, well, it's 11. 11 days until I take my MCAT. So, I'll be, I'll be a bit, like, you know, scrambled uh, until then. But we'll get there when we get there. Uh, Rosemary, why don't you paint your scene for us? Uh, my scene? So, I'm sitting at my desk in. I feel like the background's pretty familiar to Tristan over Zoom. But I was just eating... Oh, I found those uh, Biscoff cookies that they give you on the airplane. Oh, nice. Those are really good. That's like my kryptonite. (laughs) I just have a glass of water in this coffee mug that never actually holds coffee. Just water. But what about you, Tristan? Very nice. Uh, Yeah, I'm... I'm Similarly, I have a desk uh, in front of me. And I'm looking out my window as as I have for the past few uh, podcasts. I have my avocado plant next to me. I'm growing like a few avocado saplings, so that's fun. He has four leaves at the moment, and he's really coming about. You know, oh, he's growing into leaves. his own. Okay. Yeah, no, mm. it's it's pretty successful. Uh, I have my Lord of the Rings book next to me because I've been it's reading so tiny. that. Yeah, I know. I, I ordered it, and I like I didn't expect it to be that small. Wait, and how's the print? The print is like really small. It's smaller than his face. It's really small, and it's, I almost had to use, like, a magnifying glass with it. Like, it's, it's pretty small, but it's still really nice to read. Um, uh, this is The Fellowship of the Ring, and I'm almost done with it. I have, like, probably 100 pages left. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. So, yeah, um, it's, it's been a journey, oh, a long-expected journey. I've never journey. read the Lord of the Rings series, but you I'm really reading, should. Yeah, I feel like right now I've just been reading some not. I'm reading The Secret Life of Groceries. But unlike Tristan, I don't have a book. I have a Kindle. <laughs> ah. I mean, it looks sleek. But it's nice because oh, no, I that... can just take it everywhere. Yeah, Kindles are nice as hell. Like, mm. they're, you know, I just they're chic. A... They're classy. Yeah. I just bought it used, like an old version. It does the work. I think the main thing is just, like, I can put it, just carry it around everywhere. Oh, totally. Nice. I have a Kindle uh, from, like, 2012. Actually, I think it's older than that. And I've just, I've used it ever since. And it never stopped working, so... I got the paper white because I like obsessed with how it just looks like paper. Like I, I can't. Like it just looks like a book. Those do look pretty nice. Like I've seen like videos of them, and they they do. You know, I'm pretty jealous. They look like the pages of a book. I, also, I think it helps with like minimizing blue light exposure if you read at night. 
I mean, I could read an actual book, but... <laughs> but yeah, you do yeah. have that choice. Yeah. <laughs> See? Doesn't it look like a page? That looks like a literal actual page. Yeah. Like, it's, that's pretty intense. You can't really see the glare in the screen. Like, barely see the glare in the screen. It's really nice. Maybe I'll have to get one. But, Rosemary, what is our topic for today? Our topic today is love. So our topic is love, right? With, I mean, and there's lots of different types of love. Like there isn't just, you know, you, you say the word love and you think of romantic love most of the time. But, you know, there's many different kinds of love. There's romantic love, obviously. There is love of friends, friendship, mm-hmm. love of doing things, love of reading, love of learning. And most importantly of all, self-love, the love of the self. And so we're going to talk about a lot of that today. Uh, we, I mean, <laughs> based on current events, uh, I am currently in the midst of what, what some people would call a relationship. So I have a little bit more to offer, uh, on that respect, but, but yeah, we have a lot to talk about. Yeah. So let's just dive straight into the first one. The one that immediately comes into mind, romantic love. So like, romantic where, love. where do we even begin with this? I feel like one thing to begin is like could be like with dating you know like sort of meeting people because i feel like i feel like it's sort of maybe rare if to just immediately meet someone and be like oh i'm in love with you like i don't think that really happens so i feel like dating is like could be one first step with like meeting people and getting into a relationship absolutely i mean at least my conception of dating is like you're just going around trying to find someone who you may one day possibly be able to like grow into a relationship with you know you meet them and you're like, okay, you know, I can roll, I can roll with this. I can, I can maybe see a future with you. And then, you know, most people you meet and you're just like, well, you know, maybe we're not cut out to be together and that's totally all right. But I mean, like, I, I don't think, you know, in my, my vast experience of love, right. <laughs> I don't think like you meet someone on a date and you're like, I'm in love with you. Like mm-hmm. you meet someone and you're like, okay, let's try to build love. Let's try to build a relationship. You're just checking to see if you have the same foundation from which to do so. That's also interesting. Like, do a lot, I feel like a lot of people do want this type of love, like being in a relationship, like with a partner and then others don't, but at least from what I see like online and like talking to other people, I feel like romantic love is like really highly desired and talked about a lot. What, What are your opinions on that? And, like, what that can say about, like, us as human, like, human nature, sort of, I think, too. Like, it shows a lot. I definitely think that human nature is definitely, it's, like, it's built towards, you know, finding a partner. Like, uh, that's what people all throughout history, all, all, you know, in every culture all across the world have done. And so we're, there's definitely something in us that wants a partner. And, like, you know, if you don't, that doesn't mean there's something, there's something mm-hmm. wrong with you. It just means, you know, you're you're a little bit different. But, I mean... I, I think it's pretty obvious just from, you know, like the idea, our exposure like the to the world. Yeah, and, like, the concept, the concept of marriage or, like, the fact that so many people are in marriages in here. Like, are they all successful? No. <laughs> but, Ooh. I mean, people still keep getting married for, like, a reason, you know? They do. Yeah. They do. I mean, no one expects to get divorced, but... Mm. It happens a lot, but you know, I think that just that says something about us. Like, you know, we're so optimistic going into these relationships, and we, we always think like, you know, 
of course Lily will never break up. We're the perfect couple. And, you know, so so did everyone else. <laughs> but... Also, dating in itself, it's sort of interesting, but also challenging. And I think you'll meet, like, different types of people. Like, we have this idea of what dating is and should be and what the goals of it are. But I don't think everyone agrees on that. Sometimes you meet oh, certain people. Oh, not at all. Yeah. So I feel like, what what has your dating experience been like, I guess? <laughs> I mean, we're both Christ. out of college, too. So I think that we also changes things. College. Like, the, your environment. And, like, what, what life stage you're at. Like, whether you're working towards a career or in the midst of your career versus, like, being a student. Like, I feel like that changes a lot of things. Like, the type of people you meet and, like, what you want out of a relationship as well. Totally. I mean, a lot of being in a relationship when you're an, an adult, like, an actual, like, a working person, I do think a lot of that is, you know, you're trying to find some form of financial stability or just some form of life stability. Uh, but when you're young... Ah, uh, it doesn't appear to be the same. I mean, I'm not when I go on a date. I'm not like, how much money do you make? Like, do you have a, a career path that you're going for? I, I'm 22. Like, I'm not really worried about that at the moment. Uh, I'm just worried about like, do I like you? Do we jive? Do we do we have the same values? Stuff like that. Um, uh, I mean, I'm not super experienced with dating. Like, I've done it. I mean, like, I have a girlfriend at the moment, and, you know, we dated before, you know, before getting together. But, I mean, I, I kind of dated throughout college. <laughs> like, I went on one date pre-COVID, uh, that was ill, ill-destined. <laughs> Let's just say that. Uh, and then, like, right before I left, right before I graduated, I went on another date with a with a really great girl. I liked her a lot, uh, but I was also leaving, so, you know, we couldn't really make anything out of it. Uh, but then I just went on a date, like, a few months ago with this new girl, and things are going super well. We went on, like, nine dates before we, like, you know, let, let's, just, let's say made it official. So... Okay. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, things things have been going well in my dating life, at least. But mm. I, I mean, I do think it's, it goes with my philosophy that, like, you know, you don't go on a date and fall in love. You go on a date and see, like, can I build something with this person? And with the girl I'm with right now, I, I definitely think the answer is yes. So, mm, that's good. yeah, I mean, that's just kind of my experience with dating. And, and also, I feel like being a man versus a woman going on dates is very different. Oh, yeah, like, totally online dating has been really big but at least my main concern if i like meet when i meet with someone that i've met online it's like is this person trying to kill me or are they gonna stalk me like am i safe like i feel like that's my main priority like when i first the first date is just like is everything normal like are there any immediate like flags of danger like not like red green flags or whatever but like am i like actual literal am i going to die like tonight that's the first question that needs to be answered with meeting someone in real life and i feel like that might be different for men at least i mean like i guess the worst thing that could happen for me going on a date with a girl is like she's super weird like i'm not i'm not afraid of being murdered not really Mm -hmm. tbh i'm just kind of like is this going to be all right? Or am I just going to have, you know, an hour and a half coffee date that's super, super awkward and terrible? That's like the worst thing that could happen. Do you think dating tells you a lot about yourself as well? Oh, totally. 100%. Yeah. I mean, it can reveal to you 
like insecurities that you mm-hmm. didn't even know you had before you entered a serious relationship. Like a lot of, at least in psychology, a lot of our, you know, serious, serious downfalls and insecurities only come out when we're in an intimate relationship. It doesn't really happen when we're with friends. It can, it just doesn't really. It it happens in two situations with our parents and with, you know, with serious relationships. Um, and I'm thinking specifically of attachment types. Oh, attachment types attachment are established. Styles. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. They're mm-hmm. established during childhood through our relationships with our parents. And then they they don't really affect you in friendships or in professional relationships and stuff like that. They affect you in intimate relationships. And mm. that's scary. That is scary. And if you know, if you're entering into your first relationship, maybe things are revealed to you that you didn't know about yourself because you haven't confronted them until uh, since you were like six or seven. Do you want to say like what the attachment ties are for maybe people who don't know what they are? <laughs> uh, let's see. There is secure, mm-hmm. avoidant, anxious, and yes. fearful. Sometimes there's like a mix. Like some people are like anxious, yeah. avoidant, or. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we're we're still trying to figure out the science behind this stuff, or if it ev- even is science at all. But <laughs> that, that's the case with most. I feel psychology. like attachment styles are pretty established. Like they seem like a pretty established like topic or like style in do. terms of psychology. Like you, I feel like most intro level like psychology classes, you'll cover. You will cover like attachment styles in about like yeah. relationships. Yeah, there is pretty yeah pretty sound evidence about them. Uh but and that means that you probably have an attachment style, dear listener. And please do not self-diagnose. Please, please do not try to watch YouTube videos and find out what your attachment style is. You know, nothing good can come of that. If you're actually concerned, like, go see a therapist who's qualified to talk about that. But yeah, I mean, like, it, it does affect you all throughout your life unless you actively try to circumvent it, which you can do. Um, and... A lot of that growth comes through dating. And not just dating, but, you know, being in an intimate relationship and confronting yourself. Like, I didn't know that I had this response to, say, rejection or lack of affection and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But that says a lot about me. So, to, to answer your original question, yes, you know, dating yeah. does reveal a lot about yourself. Like, I did go on just one date, like, my first online date, like, from someone I met online on an app. And I just didn't realize how exhausting it kind of was. Like, I'm not sure if that's what a date should be like. But I just remember feeling like, oh, this is kind of really tiring. And I don't know if I have the mental capacity <laughs> to keep going <laughs> on dates with all these, like, new people and, like, having these type of conversations. Because I feel like sometimes, at least in terms of friendships, like, some of them have just come really easy. Like, it doesn't feel exhausting to talk with a friend. And I'm just uh-huh. like, oh... Maybe this isn't the person for me if that's what it feels like to go on a date with them. Yeah. To quote one of my favorite Doja Cat lines, it's kind of hard to force what's natural. Yeah, I mean, it should be, I mean, it shouldn't be easy, but at least it shouldn't be something you're trying to do. Like, you have to put effort into, like, let's have a conversation. So. Like, it was exhausting enough where I was like, (laughs) I think I got my fix for the next few months (laughs) of this online. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of why people hate dating. Like, my girlfriend told me, like, when we first started talking, like, I I only have a few talking stages left in me. And mm. I'm like, okay, I can work with that. 
I can mm-hmm. work with that. And it is exhausting. Like, you know, I'm not a serial dater. I don't really go on that many dates just like, you know, right now mm-hmm. because I'm in a relationship, I shouldn't be going on dates. But yeah, I mean, it's it can be exhausting. It, it really can. But if you want to find a, a boo or a, a hubby, something you got to do. It's also interesting. Monogamy. <laughs> I feel like that's just assumed, like conventionally assumed. That's like what you should be doing. Like, yes. I feel like conventionally, that's what we think. Or like what people believe. I feel like that yeah. would be an interesting dump <laughs> into like, I don't know. I just, why, why have we come to this idea? Like there's only one person for you, like in a romantic relationship, I guess. But I think that's also tied to like ideas of like being loyal or like betrayal and like, I don't know. Like, I just think that, what, do you have any thoughts on it? I, I always just kind of thought about like why everyone just assumes relationship should be monogamous. I, I mean, most cultures assume some kind of monogamy and, you know, they're, they're, of course there are outliers, but I do think that's the way that humans are supposed to be. And I'm, I'm very much on the side of monogamy and I think cheating is a horrible, horrible thing to do or like, I would never have an open relationship or like, uh, can I just say a menage a trois? Let's, let's say that. But I mean, I, I'm definitely on the side of monogamy when mm-hmm. it, when it comes to that. Um, I just wonder like what, I'm not saying like either one is wrong, right? But like, but I'm just wondering also like, what is it about humans that sort of pull us towards this idea of monogamy? Like we should be monogamous and like what, like I don't know, like, what about the morals in a relationship makes it seem like you can't really, like, emotional cheating versus, like, physical cheating, like, and then there are people who are in open relationship, and they're, like, fine with it, like, they're with their partners being in open, like, both of them being in open relationship, and, like, maybe that boils down to the type of person you are, your attachment styles, what you see in a relationship, but I'm just really interested in, like, what sort of gets us to that point where we have these views about they, that kind of seem kind of opposing and like what's right versus wrong in terms of romantic relationships like just yeah, food I mean, for thought not like we have to answer <laughs> but yeah. well i mean i i do think at least from what i've seen in my own life like the only kind of stable relationship that can exist is uh you know is a monogamous relationship like i've never known an open relationship to last more than like a year at best mm-hmm. and i've I have been introduced to love, not even like triangles, but like literal maps. Like, you know, you have to have a chart to see like who's in love with who at the moment. You know, my, my uh, I had a friend who lived in a house where everyone was like in love with each other. Mm-hmm. There were like nine people. And I'm like, oh, wow. Okay. That I could not do that. Yeah. <laughs> that, that is not for me. But I mean, I I just I don't think that's stable, and mm-hmm. maybe I'm biased, but I, I just don't think that that thing can can last can for long term. That's what you're. Putting. Yeah, oh, I can see that. I think it just really depends on the person. Because also, like in, because um, I know like some people do look towards open relationships as a way to make their current, previously monogamous relationship stronger, or at least their bond with that one person, because. I think there's also been talk about how like your relationship can be monogamous and I think sometimes that makes partners assume like oh everything that like I should be looking to my one partner to fulfill like so many of my needs 
when I don't think that should always be the case. Because I feel like that's why like friendships exist and like why families exist and like why there are other types of relationships outside of your like romantic one with presumably like one person. Absolutely. Like, you know, just because you have a relationship, like an intimate relationship, you shouldn't cut off everyone else. There's that's the reason the, the saying bros before hoes. There's a reason we say these things because like when you're in an intimate relationship that, you know, you want to look at that person and be like, "Oh, you know, they'll fulfill everything I need. That they're all I need." But, you know, you still need to keep in contact with other people, with your friends, with mm-hmm. your parents, with, you know, with acquaintances. Like you know, you shouldn't just forget about them because they fill different needs mm. that your, you know, your significant other can't. And like, you know, a person who literally only interacts with their significant other probably isn't doing super hot at the yeah. moment. I think that's also not great for the person. Like, I mean, what if you all don't work out? Like, what if the that relationship doesn't <laughs> yeah. work out? You know, like then it just feels like your whole world like this one person that made up like your whole social social circle is just like gone and i feel Mm -hmm. like breakups are just like so like like it's just like a cutting point like you're talking to them every day and then all of a sudden you're just not like they're not in your life anymore like it just feels very sudden yeah and if that's the only person that you're looking towards and like interacting with then you can probably see why that would be problematic or unhealthy for you in the long term yeah and I think we'll talk more about that in self-love and why you need to have love of the self instead of just other people. But we'll get to that. I think next we can venture on to... Uh, what What was the next topic? Friendships. Friendships, Friendships. Yeah. yes. Yes, I mean, I, I think... <laughs> I'm not going to tell Rosemary I love you, but we, we do have a friendship. We we do have platonic love for each other. And, you know, and a lot, pretty much every friendship is defined by platonic love. And that's totally fine. You know, love is a great thing. It doesn't have, have to just be romantic. There's, there's room and love in, in us. That it has plenty of room for, for platonic relationships. Mm, to me... I feel like friendship or platonic love isn't talked about enough because I think there's so much fight like as a girl like I think like like girl-girl relationships are so meaningful to me at least like my girlfriends because I just feel like there's just like certain things we can like talk about there's like unspeakable bonds that sort of just there's just something there like I'm just like Mm -hmm. it's just so comforting like we don't always have to be doing something but it's just like i feel like that's when you know like when you're just super comfortable with them like you don't have to plan things to spend time together like oh like we should be doing this when we're together like it can just be like just chilling and then there's comfortable silences and it's fine like i think there's a lot of comfort in that and also like friendships i think they can offer a lot of other different perspectives into your life like about yourself but also things you didn't know and then that can also feed into all your other types of relationships that you may be encountering absolutely like our in our uh, friendships really do influence us like i remember reading it was like it was in high school i was a sophomore in high school or something like that and i was reading a book that's like you know getting ready for college and you know it was kind of cheesy one of the things that it wanted you to do was to list the GPAs of your friends mm. and then compare that to yours. And the book's hypothesis would be that the average of your friends' GPAs would be yours. 
and it was. Is, is it like that? This kind of reminds me of that saying. Wait, did we read the same book? No, 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 no. no I don't think so. <laughs> but it just reminds me of that saying where people like, if you you are, you're sort of the sum of the five people that you interact with the most. Yeah, it, it, that's thing. the same idea. Yeah. It's exactly the same idea. And so it's important to surround yourself with good friends. Because if you surround yourself with good friends and have good relationships, yourself will become better. And that's a good thing in and of itself. At least in my pen pals. And, you know, pen pals, you're listening, I know. You know who you are. I can definitely see areas of my pen pals' lives coming into mine. Like, I've noticed that I'll write a little bit differently or I'll use expressions that I didn't use before. And with um, a friend who I have in France, she literally like uses a very specific facial expression. Like if you say something that's like confusing or like mm-hmm. unbelievable, she'll, she'll just blink her eyes a bunch and be like, what? <laughs> she'll exactly like that. And I've found myself starting to do that. Mm-hmm. Like, and I'm not even like trying to, it just happens. And, and so, And if that's what you notice, imagine what you don't notice about what starts in your friends and comes into you. Like what good habits and bad habits happen. And so because of that, it's important to surround yourself with good people. So uh, due to limited amounts of time because of Easter parties, uh, we're going to go ahead and move into self-love. But friendships are super important. If you wanted to reach out to a friend today, you should. And tell them how much you love them. But we got to run along because of timing. We do. But yes, love your friends. Cherish them. (laughs) Yeah, so self-love. Self-love is immensely so, so important. Especially right now when it's hard to stay socially interactive you need to love yourself before you can love other people which is something that i figured out in dating yeah i feel like the person you spend the most time with isn't other people it's yourself (sighs) i think about it i'm like there's a voice there's usually like voice in my head like just me like talking to myself thinking thoughts about myself when i don't have like ways to verbalize like what I'm going through or thought like I spend the most time with myself but yet the person that I feel like I'm not the most kind to is also myself and because like one friend talk, like we're, I was just going through stuff and she's like well, you're so you always listen to other people and you always tell them these things about themselves that like about how they shouldn't think about that like towards themselves and they're like but yet you do it you turn around and do what you tell other people not to do to yourself when you're going through, Mm -hmm. like, certain situations. And, like, you're right. Like, if I'm so kind, like, not if I can be that nice to, like, other people and, like, family and friends about, like, these things, then why am I, like, treating myself like And I'm the person living. Like, it's me, you know? So I feel like, yeah, self-love is, like, really, really important. And I think that's also important for a healthy like relationship no matter if it's like friendship or like an intimate one like i don't think it's okay like if you don't love yourself like you can't look to other people to fulfill that like validation other people because while it might feel okay at the time i think in the long run it's just going south because other people can't fulfill that for you like you have to do it yourself yes 100 percent. if you don't love yourself and if you don't respect yourself you can't 
expect other people to do it. You can't expect other people to fill that void. It will lead to destruction. No question. No question at all. It's also like setting an example. Like if you don't treat yourself with respect, then what are you telling other people like, oh, I'm not doing this myself, so you can also treat me like Like I feel like we accept the love that we think we deserve. From the, ah, from the parts yes. of being right yes. i think yeah my sister mentioned that line i was like oh you're right so like if you don't expect that for yourself then your standards are just gonna drop for the other people and i think they'll see you as an example of like what how much they can give you and how poorly or how well they can treat you in your all's relationship so self-love yeah. is important yeah and and what happens then after you you know you're treated badly then that that person who provides a lot of your support they leave or you break off with them and then you're left with nothing because you don't have a solid foundation of self and then that's very bad and it can again it leads to destruction so yeah having love of the self definitely something that you should do i think it's just like it's just everything like i'm feeling i'm starting to realize like it's just because you're going to be everywhere in your life. It's like you. The only yeah. way you're going to leave is possibly death if you don't believe in the afterlife. That's the only way you're going to leave yourself, I suppose. But, like, your mind's going to probably follow you everywhere. So it's just the way you think about things or, like, the way you treat yourself that's going to manifest in how you carry yourself and then how other people interact with you and how your other relationships play out. Absolutely. If you love yourself, you will love other people. Mm -hmm. If you don't love yourself, you can still have relationships with other people, but they will be filling a void that you can't fill for yourself. And so you're not, you're not providing them love. You are providing them with a need Mm -hmm. and they are filling that need. And that is a one-sided relationship, which is not good, (laughs) which is not good not good at all and yeah i mean like it's yeah you hear the expression if you're not happy single you won't be happy in a relationship and i thought of course i'll be happy in a relationship i'm miserable now how much worse can it get and then i got into a relationship and i realized oh shit they're right and i do have to report right now i am very happy in life (laughs) i am happy with my relationship and, you know, plural relationships. But, yeah, I mean, like, it's it's been in the past when I've entered into other relationships that, like, you know, I was miserable before. And then I'm like, oh, I'm miserable now. Now I just have to take care of somebody. Mm. It doesn't help. No. Also, I feel like when you're, like, not loving yourself and then in maybe, like, in friendships, I feel like some of those insecurities surface. Like, at least. Oh, totally. Yeah. You're, like, maybe, like, maybe just the way you react to how your conversation or hang out with a friend or like their reaction to something like you if you're insecure you might like take that the wrong way or like not the way they meant it and that can also be like poorly communicating with them like things just like a whole plethora of things that can just go wrong but then again if you love yourself i feel like relationships can be really great not that it's not going to be hard but i think there's more ways for you to grow and also for them to be two-sided like you mentioned Mm-hmm. Let's talk about attachment styles, because I think this can, this can help out a lot. So we mentioned anxious. The anxious avoidant, well, yeah, just anxious. Anxious types come about when you are not loved. 
by your parents. And so you have to provide your love for yourself. You don't let other people in. Avoidant types come about when your parents sometimes provide you love and sometimes don't. And so you're scared all the time. You don't know. Like, will this person provide me love? Will they not? I don't know. And so you're constantly in a state of insecurity. Secure is when your parents did provide you love. And you always have an attachment base that you can go back to. And it's not with your parents anymore. It's within yourself. You can look at yourself and say, it is going to be all right. I was given love in the past. I will be given love in the future. I'm not doomed. I'm not damned. I am okay. And so when you have a secure attachment type, a type, you have the courage to go forth and engage in relationships, even though it's scary. Because of course it's scary. But you have the courage within yourself to do it. And that's what self-love is. That it's saying, like, it might not be okay right now. It will be okay in the future. So don't freak out. That's what I told myself when I took my last practice MCAT. <laughs> don't freak out. Mm. So that's my, that's my spiel. But can you tell that I've been studying for the MCAT? This is on it. No, I, this I, is I, definitely on it. <laughs> yeah, it's probably, yeah, it probably is for sure. I think that's a great way to wrap up. Like today is just a short, sweet episode. Listeners, thank you very much once again for, for joining us on this journey and listening to us. And we hope that you're having a very great Easter Sunday, even though this won't be uploaded for, for probably a bit. Mm-hmm. But we hope that whatever whatever holidays we haven't heard of that you're celebrating. So it's Ramadan. We hope it goes great. It's in Is it? In the middle of Ramadan, yeah. Oh, started okay. Started beginning of April. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Very whatever nice. holidays, if there are any. And we'll see you next time. Yes, you and tell your friends that you love them. Mm-hmm. Lots of love. Okay. We will see you later. Bye-bye. Goodbye. Goodbye.